sorry for that tiny little delay. I was reading porn. I literally was reading porn, and I forgot my radio show was about to start, and my headset goes, your show will start in five, four. And I'm like, where the fuck is the window? And I had to find the window. So you caught me. You caught the porn queen reading porn. That's me. Anyways, I don't even have fucking tea because I got distracted by the porn. And it's even worse that it's my own porn. I was reading my own porn, not even somebody else's porn. Tonight's topic is about creating original characters. And um, let me get my tea, and then I'll get settled, and I promise to be halfway coherent. Um, One of the things that uh, I did when I entered fandom was totally dismiss anybody who told me I couldn't put original characters in my work. But then I turned around and most of my original characters turned out to be male. Now, Jillian and I discussed this at length a few months ago, talking about how um, uh, how fandom is so militant about original characters, and especially female original characters, and that whole Mary Sue trope. We're not going to go there. We're not going to discuss that. Okay. I have shut my door. I have got my tea. I have closed the porn. <laughs> so we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. Anyways, <clears throat> it was very good porn too. I'd I'd actually forgotten I'd written it, and I opened it up like, what is this? And I clicked on it, and I went, oh. <laughs> and forty five minutes later, I am still reading it, and my radio show is starting in my ear. Anyways, <clears throat> uh. We, uh, in fandom, when you're talking about putting original characters in your work, you have to insert them in a way that's very natural. Otherwise, it looks forced and weird. Now, when you're creating original works, you know, original characters in your own work, you have an entirely different set of um, challenges because you ha- you have to make this person real and three dimensional, and he has to have. Um, a thoroughly developed past in your mind because if he's not real to you in your head when you start writing him, he's not going to be real to your reader when they start reading about him or her. Uh, you you need to know everything there is to know about them. So I, a long time ago, I created a character profile for myself, and I think it's important. You can find character profiles online. You can look them up, and um, like character profile sheets, and you can put that in Google, and you'll get a whole bunch of results. And I did, and I did that at first, and I used somebody else's. But eventually, I took all theirs and combined them and made my own, and I think that's the best thing you can do for yourself. You need to know... What's important to you about your character, not what's important to me or to anybody else who might might be offering you advice on this. Do you need to know the first person they had sex with? Um, Do you need to know their name? Do you need to know how that happened? Is that important to your story? And each story, you sort of, like I start with a template, but each but each character profile is a little bit different because sometimes I don't need to know that about my character, and sometimes I do. It just greatly depends. 
So I think that, you know, once you get comfortable creating characters um, using profiles, you'll start to edit those profiles in a way that makes sense to you. But um, by all means, definitely start with somebody else's template if you're deeply uncomfortable with um, how it's working. Um, Twisted Rider asks, can we see a blank copy of your template? I will make a template uh, for public consumption, and I will put it on Rough Trade. How about that? Does that work? I'll make it a um, a download document for Word or whatever, and um, I'll I'll give you guys that. But I won't give you my original because that um, that is something I've shared professionally, and uh, <laughs> we don't go there. But I will make you guys a template um, um, for you guys to see how that should work, and I'll also point out some examples online as well. Now, I use OneNote for character creation. Uh, and OneNote is free to download. It's uh, basically like a, a digital notebook. Uh, and I highly recommend it for organization. Some people use Scrivener. Um, some people use Liquid Binder. Ever how you decide to put your project together, keep it all in one place, and don't switch from one thing to another because you'll just end up confusing yourself. But when you're building a character, you need to know a great deal about them. The more important they are to your story, the more you need to know. Now, if you have a guy behind the bar and he has eight books, you know, eight lines in your entire story, you don't need a full character profile on him. What you need is um, his physical appearance, uh, the, the way he talks. Is he a slow talker? Does he talk fast? Is he um, sarcastic? Is he um, sweet? You know, just you have to figure out what character is characteristics you're going to give this this minor character in your story, give it, I don't know, give him five or six points that you can work on so when you put him in the scene, he is unique and distinct in your work. Because if he's not unique and distinct in your work, he shouldn't be there. He serves no purpose. When um, you're creating a main character, I, the biggest profile sheet I ever had to do was for, um, I have a humongous, now I'm going to use fandom as an example. I have a ginormous, I mean, it is huge. It is like literally 10 pages long. I have a 10-page character profile for Matt Shepard because he was the first OC I really created for um, fandom, and I put a lot of effort into him, which is why he's so uh, robust across my my AUs, and why I think a lot of people don't realize he's not a canon character if they're not familiar with the canon of Stargate, and why I've had so many people go, what do you mean, O.C. Lorne? What the fuck are you talking about? I cannot believe, I cannot even tell you. I must have got like 25 emails the first time I listed a Ties That Bind episode where I put Matt's pairing on it, and I went Lorne slash O.C., and people were like, what? What? What the fuck happened? What do you mean? Is he cheating on Maddie? What the hell is going on? What are you doing? And I was like, dude, no, it's Matt. He's an OC. And they were like, no. And I'm like, yes, that, that's my original character. Thank you. I appreciate your um, your disbelief. I really do. That, that That's super flattering. Um, but Matt is an OC. Um, and his, his profile is about 10 pages for uh, 
ties that bind. And um, I had a smaller profile for him in what might have been, it might have been three or four pages, like um, his military career and uh, his girlfriend before he came to the mountain, in ca- just in case I needed her, um, and just just a variety of things that uh, um, his Cameron and and how that worked and that's eventually in fact that whole little short I have of Cameron and Matt um, actually came out of Matt's profile. I have a little story for Cameron and Matt in, in, in what might have been on my site. It's a little interlude. And that interlude actually came out of Matt's profile that I wrote for what might have been. Now, there are similar interludes in his Ties That Bind profile as well. Uh, so just a little content that I think I need to remind myself of, of who he is. And so when you're creating a character from scratch, you you might find yourself doing that. So give yourself room in your profile to write a little scene for him or two or three, whatever you feel like you need to get to get comfortable and to know your character intimately enough to write them. Because I don't think, um, for me personally, when I am creating a character, if I don't know them backwards and forward, and and if I can't imagine a conversation with them, then I have not done enough work on my character profile. I could sit down in my head and have a conversation with Matt Shepard. I could have a conversation as Matt Shepard. And um, I think that's important for me when I'm developing a character that I know them that way. And I know, um, like I knew when Sebastian appeared. Sebastian's first scene in, in what might have been he has invaded the hotel because he wants to meet his dad, and he is tired of being jerked around, and he's tired of being bullied, and he's tired of, of being in foster care when he knows he should be with his dad. He knows it, he, um, and he's really frustrated and upset. And I knew when I wrote that scene that Sebastian had ascended during his mother's car accident. Everything that you see happening and being revealed about Sebastian, I knew it before you ever met him. There's no pantsing there. Everything that you see about Sebastian in what might have been his lying about the abuse he suffered in foster care, his um, response to weapons, um, his his healing his grandfather um, during um, the first episode of Ring of Fire, healing Quark at the end, and you realize, even though the others don't realize, that Sebastian remembers ascending. Because in that scene with Quark, when he is cleaning him up, because um, Quark got left on the island, and he's healed this little this little scratch on the cat's belly, he tells him to keep it a secret. Like, well, of course, Quark couldn't actually tell anybody, but it's just, you know, it's my way of telling you as a reader that he has no intention whatsoever of telling anyone that he remembers ascending. That he's even telling the cat to keep it a secret. <laughs> you know, it's like a, it's like a, basically almost um, in that moment, the reader is the cat. Does that, does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. Um, and it's just my way of opening a window to you to 
Sebastian's thought process in that he's not going to make things more difficult for his family than he than than he can avoid. So he's not going to admit that he remembers ascending, and he's not going to admit that he can heal like an ancient. He's just not going to do it. And so that set up an entire arc for Sebastian in Ring of Fire, and I'm about 22K into the next part for Ring of Fire, for those of you who um, who enjoy that series. And so Sebastian was my second um, character, original character, and I want it to be said that I actually named my character before David Hewitt's child was born. In no way did I name my character after his kid. It was just like the most amazing amount of coincidence that could have possibly happened. And honestly, at one point, I was like, oh, my God, you did not name your kid Sebastian. What is wrong with you? Oh, my God. But I'd already published, like, four or five episodes. And I think Sebastian had already appeared on what might have been when David Hewlett's son was born. And I was like, oh, my God, what would you do, David Hewlett? It's a great name, I guess. I, I guess. I mean, I, I – but that was, like, totally a coincidence and so weird. It was so weird. And, um, anyways, <clears throat> and it also made me think to myself, oh, my God, please don't be reading my stuff. Please don't be reading my stuff. I find nothing in this world more mortifying than the idea that Joe Flanagan or David Hewlett might be reading fan fiction in secret. No, 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 no. He does not. I would be so embarrassed. The only thing that would be more embarrassing is if I actually got a, a like a note from J.K. Rowling telling me to stop writing Harry Potter. I'd be like, oh, God, okay, Joanne, I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> delete, delete, delete. <laughs> just, just the very idea. Just the very idea. You know, oh, God, it's horrible. In fact, my my face is a little red just thinking about it. That's just heinous. It's just, oh, it's heinous. And it reminds me of, um, honestly, was it Jilly who said that a fan, uh, another writer fan introduced her to an actor and tried to hand her a story that she had written, tried to hand an actor a story that she had written? I'm not sure if it was Jilly, if it was somebody else, but that has to be the most mortifying thing I could imagine, like somebody handing my work to one of them. She said she writes you fucking so-and-so. Oh, my God, Jilly, oh, my God. That's why when um, when I'm watching these convention videos and a fan stands up and asks an actor about fan fiction, I want to stab them in the head. Do not... Do not do that, people. If if you're listening, do not do that. I am so serious. The first rule of fandom is you don't talk about fandom. And I swear, that's how I'm going to end up outing myself. I, I just know it. One day, if I ever get the urge to go to a convention and I'm sitting in the convention and someone does that, I'm going to cuss them out. And then you will all know who I am because I won't even be able to help myself. I'll be over there just snatching up my, what the fuck is wrong with you? And just smacking them with it. <laughs> and screaming, the first rule of fandom is you don't talk about fandom. What is wrong with you? 
Stop asking Jensen Ackles if he reads about fucking Cass. <laughs> just stop it, Castile. Just stop. <laughs> what is wrong with you? No, the very idea that David Hewlett reads my site is absolutely mortifying. I sincerely hope that is not the case. Um, it, but it was really bizarre when he named his kid Sebastian. I'm just going to put that out there for you. It it really made me deeply uncomfortable. I promise. It made me so fucking uncomfortable. And I was like, oh. I don't even follow them on Twitter because I don't want there to be any kind of just no. I think I follow David, but oh my god, you know, actually I think someone um like put my name once in a tweet to him and I was like, "Oh god, stop you. Fuck you. What are you doing? What are you doing? Stop that." <laughs> His wife is a reader. That would be great. Actually, I would really appreciate his wife being a reader because you know, if anybody has a right to objectify David Hewlett, it's his own wife. Um, Robert Downey Jr.'s fascination with fan art is really funny. But if I was one of those fan artists and he like put my work up on his Facebook, I would be mortified. I know he's super kind about it. He's super sweet. Oh, God, I am never going to publish my Avengers fic. Julie says, you know um, RDJ reads his fanfic. I absolutely believe that he does read his fanfic. I I totally believe that about him. I am never publishing in the Avengers fandom. I had that one story. I'm never finishing it. No, no, no. I wonder what RDJ's um, AO3 account is. You know he's got one. I totally believe that. I really do. So, um, back to original characters and um, how that works. I think that uh, you have to really, really, really invest yourself in creating a character and, and knowing them from the feet up. And I mean that literally. You need to know their shoe size. It could be important. You might need to know. You need to know what they're putting on their feet. Are they wearing tennis shoes? Are they wearing boots? Are they wearing hiking boots? Are they are they a cowboy? Do they like cowboy boots? Are they wearing um, combat boots? What is it? What the fuck is on their feet? What's on their butt? Are they wearing jeans? You need to know that kind of thing. You need to know how they dress, how they move. Mm. If they have terribly, terribly bad taste and wear cowboy flip flops, you need to know. You just you need to know how they move, how they dress, how they speak, how they look, what they think, are they religious, what are their politics, um, what do they hate, what do they love, what's their favorite word, what's their least favorite sound, what do they believe, what do they want, what do they dream. These are all very important questions to ask yourself Um when you're creating a character, um, and that is the most hideous thing I've ever seen. If you're um, in a position where you can um, Google, do Google cowboy 
boot flip-flop. That is just the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. And honestly, if she was going to get a picture of her feet taken, she could have at least painted her toes. I'm just saying, she could have painted her nails. Bitch, if you're going to get your foot picture taken and put on the fucking internet, the least you could do is get a pedicure. I'm just saying, I have never taken a picture of my feet and shared it with my friends without having a pedicure done. I'm I'm just saying. I once took my shoes off to show them to somebody on Facebook in a private chat. I took them off because my feet weren't done. and just I just took a picture of my shoes. Julie and Lady Holder and Azura can attest to that since they all got that picture of my shoes sitting on the um, floor without, without, without my feet in them. Because I don't do that. That's not the kind of thing you do if you're a lady. And I'm a fucking lady. Really, honestly, you shouldn't leave your house without your feet fixed. You know, no calluses. You need to lotion that shit up, and you got to scrub your calluses off, and you got to paint your, nail, your toenails. I'm just saying that in, in the South, if you leave your house and you're wearing sandals and um, you haven't done your feet, you're going to get talked about. Now, I'm not saying you have to have it professionally done, but you need to do your feet. You need to take care of your feet, and then you need to look good. Because if your feet look funky, people are going to talk about you. I'm going to talk about you. I'm going to say that right now. I'm, if, if you're in my vicinity and you don't have your feet done, I am fucking talking about you. So either put some shoes on and some socks and cover that junk up or have your junk looking good because otherwise I'm going to bring it up. I got a friend who hates to get a pedicure. She won't wear sandals around me because I won't let her get away with it. I'm just not going to. That's not how that works. It goes something like this. Girl, you need to get your feet done. Let's go over to the um, nail salon right now. I'll call and make an appointment. Just hold on a minute. (laughs) Getting my cell phone out. (laughs) I don't do a self-insert. No. I think a self-insert is honestly the most disgusting thing a writer can do. Um, I work very hard not to put myself in my characters. One problem I encounter when when I'm writing um, uh, Stargate is that I actually have a very similar personality to the canon version of Rodney McKay. And so I get accused sometimes of doing a self-insert, but it couldn't be further from the truth. I, um, I'm not prone to insulting people the way he is in, in canon. I... Uh, I'm honest to a point sometimes of being insulting, but it's never my intention to hurt somebody's feelings. And I will keep my opinion to myself if I know it's cruel. Oh, David's wife. That's actually my mom. That little quirk from the about the feet is my mom. And I get it from her. Um, because... I went to pick her up when I was actually, when I was writing that particular story, I went to pick her up and um, I was writing Ties at Bind. And there's a, there's a scene in Ties at Bind where John or Matt talks about Claire being punished because she wouldn't leave the house until her feet were done. Um, and David got tired of waiting and he spanked his wife in a very fun way. Um, and uh, it was a funny thing, not an abusive thing. People who don't read Ties at Bind get those two things confused. Um, 
my mom, I went to pick her up, right? And we were going to go to see a movie. And I granted, I picked her up about an hour early. And so I go over there to get her. And her ass is sitting um, on the couch. And she has her toes separated, you know, those little foam things. And her toes, she's got her toenails painted. And she said, oh, I can't go anywhere until my toenails are finished drying. And she said, get that fan if you can't wait. So I had to plug in a fan for her. And <laughs> so that actually is from my mom. And I am the same way, but I don't actually do my own feet, which I know is terribly snotty, um, but I don't. I get my feet done professionally. I have um, I'm diabetes, as many of you know, and you have to take special care with your feet when you have diabetes. And so I have a um, – I go to a nail salon, and the person who does my feet is um, uh, certified to handle people with health care issues um, by the state, and she handles my feet. And she makes sure that I don't have any, you know, you know, any issues or problems. And if I do, she tells me about them so I can discuss it with my doctor. Because I can't always tell if something's wrong because, you know, there's a big difference. There's a big distance between me and my feet right now. I mean, I'm short, but, you know, sometimes you can't see what's going on um, clearly in, on your nails the way of somebody who's down there doing your feet can. So I see a professional for my feet, which I which I know. I know, but I don't care. There is a big difference. I um um Jeep says they don't feel the same as when I wasn't diabetic. Um I don't have the neuropathy which is which is foot pain. I, I don't get that yet. I don't, I don't have that problem. Diabetic nerve pain. I'm I'm not is, is that how you say that, neuropathy? Anyway, I don't have that issue yet. But um, I have noticed that my feet are drier and um, my calluses get thicker. And um, and it's just, this is a first world problem, but that's just too much fucking work. When I can pay somebody $25 to do it for me. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 25 bucks a month, it's worth it. It, you know, honestly, sitting in the massage chair is worth $25. You sit in the massage chair for 30 minutes, especially if they have a line and she's got two or three people to do. And so you just sit there in a little hot water with your feet in the hot water and you got a little massage chair. That is totally worth $25. You get a... Now, I used to go to this nail salon that had a massage chair that had a butt massager too, and that thing got way too personal. That thing got all in my business in a way that was inappropriate for an object that I was using in public. I'm just putting that out there. Now, I think that, you know, honestly, people who are online have a um <laughs> have a uh an advantage uh over writers who are not online because you're exposed to a great deal of people, you know, many you're exposed to a great number of people and you can pick characteristics from other people to use on your characters without actually using that person as inspiration. You know, like if you have a friend who um refuses to shorten uh their text messages and they write like full sentences, that's really funny. Um and if you have a friend who 
is petrified of spiders or hates clowns or um, refuses to go to Australia or who won't get in the ocean because they're afraid of sharks. You know, just things that you can pluck from your friends and family without using that individual like my mom and her nails and her toenails and the fact that she infected me and my sister with that particular problem, uh, you can give your characters those characteristics without um, plucking that person wholesale from your life <coughs> and making them fiction, which I think is um, – got to click on that now. Um, I think that that's a terrible thing to do, actually. Um, that's just really, really – that's a duck. That's a duck. There's somebody put a link of crazy ass shoes um, in the chat room, and I clicked on it, and I'm I'm deeply regretting my choice. And that absolutely does look like butt sex. I have to close that. Okay. Um. Oh. Oh, it does. It looks just like butt sex. Really? What's wrong with you? Not you, the person who said it, but the person who made them. I'm just saying. I'll put this link in the um in the chat room description, in the show description, so anybody who's listening to the podcast can be exposed to this horribleness, too. I'm just saying. Um, anyways, just when you're getting ready to build a new character, and um, whether it be for fan fiction or for original works, um, and you're unsure how to start, um, just go online and look up uh, a character profile sheet. Uh, copy and paste it into a document or download it if they have it available for download and just check it out and see what parts work for you and see what parts don't and you know and make your profile um if it helps go online and find an actor's picture that will um help solidify the character in your mind i do that um both i i i do that across the board i i pick out an actor who's playing my character in you know in my head and it helps me um especially if i if if, if it's an actor that i know so I know how they move and, and how they, you know, they traverse a scene and, and, and how they're going to say something or how something's going to come out of their mouth and how it's going to sound. And I think that's super important when you're building a character that you not only know what they would say, but how they would say it. Um, because we don't talk the same. None of us do. And so um, also it's really super important to people watch in a non-creepy way. Be careful. And, you know, listen to people talk in public and and how they move through a sentence and, and how their voice um, goes up and down and how it drops and how it gets slow and how it's sweet and how it's mean because all these things are super important when you're creating a three-dimensional person. Because it, it's just... Um, you don't want to write the same character over and over and over and over and over again. I will probably, in the next couple of weeks, I'll put up my character profile on Rough Trade. I'm getting ready to clean it up for, um, I'm doing some background cleaning, not the removal of fiction, but some background cleaning, and I'm cleaning the database. And um, I did a, a spam check last night and, and removed a whole bunch of um, spam or bot users. So I'm doing some background cleanup on my site and on Rough Trade. And um, there are probably two or three different profiles already in the library at Rough Trade. Um, but I think that might need some reorganization, and, and, and we'll work on that and uh, make it a little bit more user-friendly for you guys. Uh, and anyways... <clears throat> Just um, 
don't start writing until you've built your world and, and you've answered your world questionnaire and you've got your characters down and you and you know your characters. If your characters are strangers and your world is a is a flat piece of paper and you know nothing about how your world moves and works, um, your your work is going to fall flat. So if you're writing a stranger, it's going to look like it. By the time you get ready to write your original character, you should know as much about them as you absolutely need to know to move them through your plot in a way that is original and sharp and um, penetrating. They have to be deep in it. Because if you imagine... um, those of you who have read my Stargate work and, and you picture Matt and you've got a picture of him because I cast an actor to play him and you know a great deal about how Matt works and how Matt talks and what Matt thinks. And imagine if you didn't know that and you're moving through that story and he's basically a cardboard cutout of what he could be. You don't want a paper doll. You want a real one. <laughs> you want a real doll with articulated parts that moves and talks and speaks and and just keep that in mind. Yes, and perfection is boring. Um, give him a temper. Give him just make him unreasonable about a subject, even if it's a funny subject. Um, give him flaws. Uh, someone recently said that um, that Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond that I had wrote Harry Perfect. They have not actually really read Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond because if they had, that's the last thing they would say about Harry Potter in that particular story. Because within a month of arriving in um, England, he proves himself to be manipulative. He's underhanded. He facilitates the murder of the Minister of Magic, or Minister for Magic. I got news for you. He knew exactly what that snake was going to do to Fudge. That's why he sent that particular snake. He even says it later on, that a rune spore will kill for sport. And he sent that snake to Fudge's house. He knew immediately what was going to happen. He facilitated the murder of Cornelius Fudge, and Umbridge was just a delightful side effect. So he's he kills Victor Crumb straight up. He he killed Victor Crumb because he considered Victor Crumb a threat to the relationship he wants with Hermione. He's a little obsessive about her. He he tries not to be, but he is. There is nothing perfect about Harry in Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond, except for perhaps his physical appearance and um, his relationship with magic is is fraught with danger and pain, and there's just there's just so much about his life that's just truly ugly. Um, so when I saw that someone had said that um, I had written. Harry as perfect in Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond, I thought to myself, oh my God, dude, what's wrong with you? 
you've got some serious damage if you think Harry's perfect. Really. Really. I wouldn't want to meet you in a dark alley or in a well-lit room, to be perfectly frank. I'm just saying. (laughs) He's killed four people since September, and it's just December. (laughs) He's been September, October, November, December. He's been in Britain four months, and he has killed four people. Five, if you count the fact that he transfigured that one guy into a rat so Minerva could do it for him. Six, if you count the dude that Thaddeus killed. With Harry's permission. He's not perfect by any means. He is vicious. He's a dragon. Harry in the soulmate bond is a dragon. He's a dragon who wears a human skin. And um, I think a lot of people either ignore that or they consider the murders justified and and therefore they don't have a problem with them. Um, But frankly, uh, it's a problem. His moral compass is a little corrupt, but that's to be expected since he sacrificed somebody's magical soul when he was 13. And on that note, I'm going to wish you guys a good evening. Remember, you don't want a paper doll, so make your doll as real as possible before you drop them down in your world to play with them. Now I'm going to go back and finish reading my porn. <laughs>